Boom, boom. boom. Hello. <laughs> hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock Metal Podcast. I am your host, John Harris. On my right-hand side is my right-hand man, Gabriel. Got the golden edge, I got to go. And today on the Rock Metal Podcast, we have Scroll Keeper, who's got a new album called Auto de Fa, or Auto de Fe, sorry, uh, which was released on June 19th. Right now, I'm being joined by Alex to share some more stories about the album, share what Scroll Keeper's been has been up to because last time Scrollkeeper was on was a couple of years ago, so it's great to have Alex back on. So, Alex, welcome back on to the show. Thank you for having me, guys. Pleasure to be on. Absolutely fantastic. Now, when it comes to this this track "Auto de Fa," which is the title track of the album, I guess my first question is: Is it setting up a theme for the album? Like, is it a concept album that's based on what we're chatting about in this track uh well and generally uh for the most part we do uh we do have a historical perspective so we like to write about historic events and uh, this one kind of ties in uh the main reason we picked this as a title it, it means auto da fe is um portuguese for test of fate and you know 2020 was kind of uh, you know, right up there, or well, still is, uh, as a matter of fact. But anyway, so we picked this as probably the most uh, fitting title for the album. Uh, for the most part, everything is historically related. And uh, if there is like an ongoing team, for the most part, would be that. Although we do have like maybe one or two tracks that just kind of jump, uh, jump that and just go in a different direction. Uh, one would be surrender, which is uh, more of a, I don't know. It just uh, it's it's inspired by different things. It was basically it's uh, probably one of the few that are based on something else. This one is based on a vampire movie uh, taking place in Germany. You know that was called uh, We Are We Are the Night. So mm. we kind of jump around for the most part. Uh, European history at this stage, although, you know, we're not uh, necessarily, you know, focusing on that. We could be looking into some American history as well. So Alto de Fe originally actually comes from the Spanish Inquisition, which means test of fate. And what they did is when somebody was accused as a witch, uh, they thought of uh, innovative ways to test their fate, like, you know, sticking them uh you know sticking him on a cross and lighting him up and see what happens you know if they really believed in god they wouldn't burn or, or whatever <laughs> so this is where that comes from but you know it, interestingly enough the reason we picked this thematic is actually a very nice uh spanish uh show called uh captain Alatrist. so that's where that came out from I might be misspelling, uh, mispronouncing it, but it's basically, it was kind of like a the Three Musketeers thing going on. So I watched that and I said, okay, let's do a team about the Spanish Inquisition. So, you know, we picked this as the title because it kind of ties into the test of fate that we're all having at this point. Nobody expects a Spanish Inquisition. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't I don't mean that. It's just, you know, test of fate, testing <laughs> our current... Testing our current fate. 
Yeah. And yeah, I mean, the thing is, the artwork was going to be also different, but our artist tanked in the last moment. So we actually had to scramble up, and that's <laughs> where we got the hands and the, uh, you know, gothic cathedral on there with a moon rising or I don't know, whatever you call the, that artwork. We, we thought it was fitting. Mm hmm. Absolutely. Well, it's, it's kind of interesting because, you know, of all the topics, historical topics that have come up, it's almost like, I don't know, people don't write about the Spanish Inquisition very often. So I thought it was kind of fitting to pull out Monty Python. You know, nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition uh, because I've heard of a lot of many. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've heard of many different uh, historical uh, things being written about either ones that are not talked about often or things that just, you know, generally inspire people. But for some strange reason, it's almost like the Spanish Inquisition doesn't really inspire people to write music. So I don't know, it's just a first for me anyway. And I thought it was interesting that you guys chose to write a track about the Spanish Inquisition. And then also, um, I don't know, quasi quasi last minute or if it was in there from the beginning is to start talking about, well, also there's a test of fate in how 2020 has been unleashing earthquakes, hurricanes, floods, hail, disease, famine, pandemic, and social injustice and unrest. Murder hornets also, don't forget that. Yes, don't forget the murder hornets. I forgot, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's been well, for sure. Uh, <laughs> actually, talk, talking about the Inquisition, there have been, there was a, um, another band that preceded us, actually, by a few months and released another one. <laughs> they actually had an Inquisition trilogy, I believe, which was three songs. So anyway, we, we, we thought that was funny. Yeah. Now, musically, my note on this one is it reminds me a lot of early Iced Earth. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I, could, I could see that. Although the funny thing is, like, Iced Earth is one of the bands that I didn't really listen to much. A lot of people were saying that. Uh, I picked up Iced Earth actually quite lately. I I was not like one of the first converts. By the time you know they came out and they were big, I was actually listening to mostly uh, the British death metal scene with uh, you know bands like uh, Carcass uh, or the beginning of the Swedish death metal and black and the Norwegian black metal scene. So you know completely different. So I picked up I started actually recently about four years ago, live in Athens. That's actually my favorite, which is, I think it's a four CD release or something like that, but they sound a lot better live than they do on their studio albums, I thought. Wow, very cool. Now, we get to the next track, Gilles de Ray, uh, which, interestingly enough, musically, that reminds me a lot of Merciful Fate. Um, but, I mean, again, like really early Iced Earth um, and merciful fate like we're, we're really getting into i think just the the scroll keeper kind of sound which is i don't know do you guys consider yourselves to be kind of like a new wave of heavy metal or however we want to call it classic metal or classic heavy metal yeah for the most part that's what people are labeling as as uh although we do have diverse uh you know other influences that we bring into but for the most part we kind of for the most part the band all the people in the band kind of agree on a on a bulk of music that we're all fans of that will be like Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, Saxon, Accept, uh Eisterd would probably be in there as well, maybe some Megadeth, mostly early Megadeth, 
so for the most part, uh, well, your Canadian stuff, Razor, for example, some of us are huge Voivod fans as well. Uh, our drummer, for some reason, we can't convert him. I don't know why. But <laughs> so, yeah, for the most part, this is kind of the, the bulk of our influences. Then I go into like some weirder tangents into maybe a little bit of jazz every once in a while, some prog. Uh, but, you know, we don't really touch up on that uh, too much. The drummer, our drummer actually was in a death metal and a black metal band for a while. Uh, so, you know, those influences show up a little bit. Our singer also was in a trash metal band for a while, so maybe some of that will creep in every once in a while. Our current bass player, who's actually new to the band, um, but he's been a, a longtime friend of mine from a previous band, he's actually an orchestra musician, so we actually have some orchestral influences that are going to start coming in uh, probably more and more. So for the most part, yes, we focus on uh, traditional heavy metal, new wave of traditional heavy metal, however you want to call it. Yeah, very cool. Now, and go ahead. Yes, sir. go ahead. I was just going to say, when it comes to the track Guild Ray, what what is this track about? Now, I mentioned that uh, usually the the tracks on the record have a historical context. So, what is Guild Ray? Yeah, I mean, for the most part, it was. Uh, most of these songs were kind of an exercise of, uh, hey, what is the most metal moment that you can think of, you know, in history? And we try to focus mainly on older history just because modern history seems to be so conta uh, contentious. And at the same time, it's also, you know, a bit of a problem to really call it a history as long as there is a living person that's, you know, was at the event that happened, you know, it's not really considered history, at least by historians' perspective. So the Gilles de Ray, Gilles de Ray, uh, my French is not very good. Um, it's basically um, where it's, we go all the way back. It's about the Baron, Gilles de Ray, French Baron, knight and military leader uh, during the time of Jean of Arc. So he was a very highly decorated general. After, you know, they fought off the British occupation at the end of the war, uh, he basically retreated to his own, um, what would you call it, to his own castle where, where he reveled in excess and eccentricity, eventually turning into the occult and... Uh, you know, he was accused of uh, abducting local peasant children and sacrificing them to Satan and other various demons in order to uh, uh, receive wealth because his wealth was dwindling. So it's a very dark track. Uh, so therefore, yeah, it's like the heavier you notice, it's got a bit of a merciful fate atmosphere. That I was kind of heading more towards maybe uh, homage to Black Sabbath, but I'll tell you what, Merciful Fate works for me. I, I'll be happy if we're compared to them. Very cool. Now, let's go and chat about this album, Auto de Fe, because it's got quite a few tracks on it, a large number of tracks, and you mentioned that there's quite a few historical context to most of the tracks. So, And then there's kind of a bit of a running theme through it, so I guess 
Alex, take us through this album. When you were putting together the album or when you guys were sitting down to put you know, the album together, what what is it that we are are picking up? And it could be, you know, musically what you guys set out to write. It could be, you know, lyrically uh, some themes or touch points that you wanted to hit as far as historical context was concerned. What is the album Auto de Fe? Okay, well, uh, I'm just gonna go track by track. Uh, event 201, which is basically, I guess you would call the the intro to the album. It's an acoustic piece. Uh, this came about uh, thanks to the COVID isolation. The guys thought that we needed an intro, so I, considering that I had a lot of time on my hands, I sat down and wrote and recorded this. Uh, again, we had a delay in the production schedule because our engineer was uh, actually sick in the middle of mixing the album. So we didn't know how that's going to play out. So therefore... Uh, I had an extra month, so this came about from that. Uh, really an acoustic piece. I was At one point, I was a pretty decent acoustic guitarist. Uh, I haven't played fingerstyle for a long time, so it was just gave me a time to stretch that knowledge again and maybe bring some of that back. So that's what this piece is, and it uh, bookends, kind of flows into Lady Death, which was... Our single from 2019, the summer of 2019, and probably the first track released on this album. And uh, that track, uh, it's called Lady Death. It's about uh, a Russian sniper, a female sniper during World War II, who the American newspapers actually called Lady Death. I believe uh, she had 309 confirmed kills. So she was quite lethal, and that was uh, just part of the Sevastopol campaign when the Germans were taking over Sevastopol. Uh, the inspiration for this was actually just another movie that I sat down and watched on one of those long Netflix uh, Netflix weekends. Uh, so the movie is called Battle for Sevastopol 2015, uh, Ukrainian-Russian movie. Uh, that one has a bit of a jazz midsection that flows into some extended... Uh, leads and jams uh, so it's uh, a little bit more progressive then uh, Valhalla's Gates is a homage to Viking culture and a nod towards Viking metal so this one is probably the fastest track on the album uh, it's got a bit more of an aggressive uh, trash metal feel I would say Scroll Keeper, which is the band's namesake, and it was probably the album was going to be called that if we didn't run into COVID. Uh, that one is basically the title track. Uh, it's what the band is all about, and it's a tune that we've had actually since uh, 2017, so it, it's nothing that's been super new. It's just one of the tracks that got passed on whenever we did our first EP because... Uh, you know, we just kind of ran out of cash in the studio. So Scroll Keeper basically is the uh, band's namesake. And this is one that actually has to deal with uh, science fiction. Talking about, uh, you know, at one point we wanted to have a band mascot, kind of like Iron Maiden's Eddie. So this is kind of where that came about. Uh, this is one of the tracks that the drummer wrote the lyrics on, and he is into sci-fi. So that's based on the loosely based on the Skeksis, 
as far as I know, which was a Dark Crystal, I believe, a movie somewhere in the in the mid eighties that came about. It was a sci-fi. I haven't watched it personally. <laughs> so Auto da Fe, uh, Spanish Inquisition. That one again was uh, just kind of came about after watching. Uh, I believe it was a four-season series called uh, Captain Alatrist, which is a Spanish production. And it's basically about the Spanish Inquisition through the ages. Uh, we picked some relatively dark themes again. Uh, it has an extended bass solo, you know, something that actually I recorded. I'm uh, the lead guitarist, but I played most of the bass on this album uh, since we were without a bass player for the majority of the tracking. Andrew joined us uh, on the last two songs, which were Gilles Dure and Valhalla's Gates. These were the last two recorded. So Gilles Dure, we touched upon. Uh, Devil's Calculus, this one actually is, a, again, a historical song. Um, this is maybe our most prog metal track on the album, since it has some odd rhythm tempo changes in it. Uh, this one is about uh, the dispute between Sir Isaac Newton and Leibniz over who was the inventor of the mathematic of the modern calculus. And uh, you know, since we had a bit of a math theme on it, you know, we just kind of went in that direction. And this is uh, Justin lyric. Justin is our vocalist. Uh, he's the one that did the lyrics. I did the music. Uh, Blood and Sand, it's uh, one of our older tunes. That one came out in 2017. Uh, Justin and our drummer Simon collaborated on the lyrics for that one, and Simon was in the army, so it actually deals with Muslim terrorism. And so that one is a bit of a modern history uh, perspective on it. And... You know, the last thing that happened is that solo in the beginning where I kind of have a little bit of a nod towards, you know, Ingvi Malmsteen. And that one, yeah, we played since 2017, one of our first tunes. Uh, Surrender was on our 2018 EP. Uh, in this variation, actually, we ran out of money, so some of the things are fixed. And we took out actually some of the performances from the original recording because the band members actually are not in the band right now. So in order for it, you know, not to run into legal, any legal issues, we actually took out their performances and I, uh, I took over on bass on this. Uh, Path to Glory, same thing, I guess the, that was in 2018. Uh, Surrender is the one about the... Uh, vampires in Germany that's another movie that I watched uh, probably one of the lightest themes it's called We Are the Night uh, another good movie I guess I would recommend it uh, Path to Glory is a, again historical perspective and we jump back to ooh, 910 or something like that I'm originally from Bulgaria so this one is I guess one of the go uh, the goriest uh, moments of uh, Bulgarian history. Okay, I'm sorry. 811. This is uh, we go back as uh, 811. Uh, the track, for the most part, it's kind of I guess a, a bit of a nod to some of my influences, mainly accept and destruction uh, from Germany. 
basically the the thematic uh i wrote all the music and the lyrics for this the thematic touches upon uh bulgarian history and its battle between the byzantine empire and the bulgarian kingdom so this is uh one of the most metal moments in history i think because at the end of uh, uh of this campaign the byzantine emperor loses his head and not only does he lose his head but uh the Bulgarian uh, ruler at the time decides to make a goblet out of it and drink on ceremonial functions out of his head. So we thought that was pretty metal, kind of dark again, you know, I apologize. You know, I know we got a kid on there. Yeah. Uh, for, fortune favors the bold. It's uh, this is a, uh, again from our original 2018 EP. So we kind of remixed and, you know, fixed and tuned up and mixed these three songs to fit, you know, sonically with the rest of them. But yeah, these are, again, this is a tune from our 2018. And uh, this one is uh, Willi about William the Conqueror, the Battle of Hastings. Ooh. So this is uh, Justin Lyric, again, you know, talking about battles and, you know, what it takes to be a king. <laughs> And at the end, we threw in a little surprise, which is a uh, we're all Wasp fans. I don't know if you're if you remember that band from the '80s. Oh yeah, they were kind of like one of these uh, uh, bands that probably improperly got labeled within the Motley Crew and Poison generation. Although they kind of look like them, but you know they were a lot heavier, and I f I feel they had much better music. So all of us are Wasp fans, and by Wasp I mean mostly, you know, their early stuff. When their singer Blackie Lawless was actually playing bass guitar, which is, I think, the first two albums. So this is probably our favorite song by them called Hellion. And this is more about, you know, brawl brawling and like they like to call it in Texas, raising hell. So that's pretty much uh, all the album. Wow. Very cool stuff. Now, usually we would have uh, a chat about all the summer festivals and tours that would be going on right now, but instead the question is Ooh. turned. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. instead the question is turned to, you know, is there anything you guys have got going on behind the scenes as far as, you know, the lockdown is concerned? Um, you know, anything that I didn't bring up or mention? Like, I know that the album's being yeah. released, you know, obviously in the middle of this, so maybe that's kind of the, the biggest piece of news, but. Is there anything that I didn't bring up that you want to chat about? Yeah, the the album was actually supposed to come out in April, but we hit a snag with both the artwork and the mixing of it. And the mastering, actually, I had to step back and master the album. I'm the one that originally tracked pretty much, I mean, everything on this album. We used the commercial studio for the drum sounds originally for the three songs that appeared from our previous EP uh yeah we we actually had some really good shows like a mini tour of texas we were looking to get out uh we were gonna play with flotsam and jetsam so all that got put on hold luckily flotsam and jetsam got rescheduled so that's coming up next year uh, we're gonna do a show uh with them and at this point honestly we haven't practiced for about three months and by that i mean we haven't been we haven't seen each other in three months so we're uh, hopefully we're getting back together on uh, the beginning of next month 
after we see how the COVID situation shakes down, because we had some riots in Houston. So, you know, the virus, as it seemed to be dying down now, it's, you know, kind of coming back in full swing for a second pass. So we're pretty much, for the most part, most of us are working from home. We actually do have two teachers in the band. Uh, Justin is a history teacher and Andrew is a music teacher. Uh, he also lives in a town that's about uh, two hours away from us, San Antonio, which is another Texas town where the rest of us are based in Houston. And we were going to use that to break out of Houston and actually start doing, uh, you know, kind of have a broader range of tours. So hopefully that's going to go back. Uh, it's back in the planning stages again. And I don't know, we probably won't be really doing anything major for the rest of the year, probably beginning of next year. We might do some minor shows here and there because pubs are opening uh, for for the most part everywhere in Texas and some counties. In Houston, I mean, I don't know how familiar you are, but it's actually a huge town. It's, I guess, what you would call, I don't know, it's probably pretty close to size to Belgium or something like that. So in other words, you know, you can play South Houston. It's like you're playing a completely different city. And, you know, they have lower numbers there. North Houston, same thing. You know, if we can move out and play some, some of these smaller towns around us that are still considered the vicinity of Houston. And uh, as far as um, the rest of the band plans, we, we're going to probably get together and start working on some new music. I have a lot of ideas that came out, you know, during isolation. Andrew also has a few song ideas. So, you know, we'll see. We'll try it against the wall, see what sticks. Uh, we do we do have several songs that didn't make it on this album just because they were about 80% complete, but not fully complete. So we would finish these and probably do an EP release towards the end of the year. Uh, also, we're looking into doing more promo online stuff, actually doing FaceTime. Uh, I'm sorry, not FaceTime. What do you call it? Facebook live streaming seemed to work really well for us. So we probably would do a few concerts that way until the end of the year. Basically free benefit concerts. Uh, we do have a major distribution network of uh, independent music stores. So we would have physical format uh, you know, CDs that are going to go to all these places. So you would be able to pick them up. Uh, some, some towns, you know, that are distributing them right now is like Portland, Oregon, uh, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Florida. We have several towns, Louisiana. We have, uh, New Orleans, pretty much all the independent stores around Texas have picked us up. And we have some few other out of state, we do have a German distributor, which uh, they picked up our old EP and we're talking with them to hopefully, you know, carry this one. Uh, it's called Underground Power. Um, that's the label. So hopefully, you know, those are some of the things that we have uh, in the works. And uh, we'll, we'll probably hunker down, maybe do a video. We'll see if we can find a cool enough forest or maybe a field you know, somewhere and do one of those slightly goofy metal videos you know I, i'm sure you and your audience has seen them you know immortal and that type of thing we'll see we're not gonna put the you know, corpse paint but it's gonna be goofy for sure 
Groovy. All right. Well, Alex, thank you so much for coming on to the Rock Metal Podcast. Thank you, John and Gabe. Thank you for having me.